welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Nick, but these guys call me their Game Master. And you're listening to Pokemon Rollouts, Special Tapestry Radio, Shakespeare Festival Edition. This is a real play Pokemon tabletop united RPG podcast. What's your name? I'm Paul, and I play Charlie. I'm Michael, and I play Professor Sneeze. I'm, I'm, I'm Lydia, and I play Liliana. I can never speak right anymore. I, <laughs> I just get so nervous for this. Yeah, you know. Interestingly enough, all of you guys did not tell the truth there. What? Because Uh-oh. at night, just outside of Clear Lake City, Archie, Grunge, and Katana are awakened by a calling to all of their archetypes. Katana feels a deed done in secret, something done to undermine a remarkable creation. Grunge feels a a betrayal of loyalty and the bonds between two peoples falling apart. Archie feels that something is attempting to obscure the facts. All three of their callings are pointing in the same direction, into the woods to the southwest. As archetypes, nascent legendaries in their own right, their duty is to mediate in disputes that involve their archetype. If they're being called to the same spot, that means that all of their archetypes are involved, and it is something important. Archie further realizes that there are no places where humans live within a day's journey in the direction they're supposed to go. The thing that they must mediate must be between wild Pokemon, and humans will likely be unwelcome. Archie, Grunge, Katana, what do you do? I mean, I gotta, I gotta get my Archie voice in. I don't know how Archie talks. Hold on. Okay. Ah, there's uh, something. Katana, Katana hasn't spoken yet. <laughs> no, Katana. Never. Uh, um, that you can speak Pokemon. Okay. Amongst each other, so. All right. Technically, so, both Arch, both Katana and Grunge can speak. Katana takes uh, one of her blades and just uh, motions everyone to follow her. She starts walking down the path in the correct direction. <laughs> yes, Katana knows. <laughs> All right. Katana has a much better sense of direction than her <laughs> trainer. All right. Uh, Archie will go along as well, uh, being sure to be quiet so that he does not wake Professor Sneeze, who's probably snoring. Grunjepper's <laughs> kind of forgets to be quiet. Because he's, like, so excited that he really, really wants to help people. So then he, like, kind of lets out a yelp. And then the other two kind of, like, look back at him. And he's like, oh, that's right. No, I'm being quiet. I'm being quiet, guys. I can come along. I can do this. Uh, Katana points uh, one of her blades right at his nose. (laughs) Grunch just kind of, like, whimpers back a little bit. I feel like this is, like, a complete reversal of, like, (laughs) some of us here. (laughs) Alright, uh, can I get a perception check from everybody? Remember to use the perception check of your Pokemon. Right. Eight Eight for Archie. Katana rolled a six in perception. Um, Grunge rolled a nine. Katana feels a tap on her shoulder, but uh, none of the others notice anything. Uh, Katana slowly turns around to, uh, to see what tapped her on the shoulder. Um, you see what looks like a small tree stump with a small like version of a face on it attached to kind of a ghostly ethereal body looking over at you, and it motions you to follow. Uh, you also feel another strong pull towards your archetype, but this one is dealing much more with solitude than anything else. 
Okay. Um, Katana's gonna roll Intuition. That's a nine. Alright, you're close enough to the location of the other calling that this is probably related, but it's it's something that might be slightly separate from it. It still might be important to go with. It doesn't seem like the Phantom means you any harm. Okay. By any means. Alright, um, just kind of doing her own thing, figuring that she'll catch up with uh, the other guys. Uh, she follows the Phantom. Are you just leaving without mentioning it to them or anything? Um... Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that seems kind of Katana's MO. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, ro- roll stealth for Katana. Oh, this she she is a BA at stealth. <laughs> That's 4d6. Plus one. 19 in stealth. Wow. Okay, so, uh, Archie and Grunge do not realize that Katana is gone until long after she's left. <laughs> That's uh-huh. how we do. Where did Katana go? <laughs> uh, we lost our friend. <laughs> <laughs> so the Phantom leads Katana away from the other two and deeper into the forest, a little more south, like into the heart of the forest, until she comes to an enormous dead tree covered all over with moss. The tree shudders for a moment and opens its eyes revealing itself to be a giant trevenant. First, it looks down at Katana for a bit and goes, are you an archetype? And then in a relatively low, uh, yet feminine voice, she responds, yes. <laughs> well, the trevenant uh, shudders again, and a small twig lands in front of Katana. The conflict has wounded my trees. If it begins again... I will remove both sides from the forest forever. Find who has reignited the enmity and break my branch before them. Nambir will ensure that they reap their reward. The Trevenant's eyes close. Katana picks up the stick, and even if the Trevenant may not be paying attention, she gives it a a slight bow, recognizing that it is an authority in in the forest. Uh, as stealthily as she can, uh, returns to the group. I'm gonna roll uh, stealth again because I want to see, I want to see how, <laughs> how how sneaky she is. Oh, she's pretty sneaky. Uh, she is uh, 18 sneaky. Okay. <laughs> While Katana was led away toward to the Trevenant, Grunge and Archie uh, can continue to make their way towards the uh, calling mm-hmm. until they come into a clearing, scoured free of trees and grass. Grunge can smell the enmity here. Long years of hatred, pain, and death. But also something else. Love. And a bond that covered over the enmity and washed it away. Until recently. The bond has been broken, and the hatred has returned with a vengeance. We get a Pokemon education check from Archie. He can do that. He's not as good as Professor Sneeze, though. Not on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, six. Okay, Archie, you can tell that this clearing is a battleground between two of the Pokemon world's most bitter foes. A pack of Zangoose and a nest of Saviper. The two sides had marked out half of the territory each, and the center had become a battleground where each side had pitted their best warriors against each other in a battle to the death, again and again. Upon the center of a mound in the field, 
is laid the bodies of two Pokemon. On the left side is a Seviper. Archie and Grunge can both tell that this Seviper was female and in young adulthood. Her long serpentine body bears the marks of several claw wounds, and the long blade on her tail is wet with blood. To the right lies a Zangoose, a young male. He bears several long, fine slashes that seem to have an odd purplish tinge in the fading light, and his claws gleam scarlet as well. Standing over the two bodies are a Seviper on the left and a Zangoose on the right, both male. The air between them practically ripples with hostility. It smells gross out here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stop! What is this fight going on? Uh, The two Pokemon kind of give a start and look over to you and go, an apom? What? What are you doing here? Does an apom even live around here? Stay I, out of this. This isn't your fight. I sensed lies and alternative facts. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And I can smell hatred. <laughs> both Pokemon, like, they, they look away from each other for a second to give you both skeptical looks before looking back at each other and both kind of go, okay. <laughs> did, did you perhaps run into some Zubat a little while ago? Get hit by some colored lights? That can get you really thrown <laughs> off a bit. Um, I assure you, I we are in our razzle. right minds. Sure, because you can sense the lies and hatred here. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm Grunge. (laughs) I am known as Archie, also the archivist, or you may know me as the archetype of fact. The two Pokemon finally show up in your reaction. They're like, archetype? You're one of the archetypes? Correct. the, the archetypes are back? And then you had something connected to this, to, to what's happening here. Um, this is above us. You need to talk to, uh, you need to talk to Malphite and Claw. Take us to them. The Seviper turns to the Zangus. You heard them. They're going to Malphite. And the Zangus replies, no, they are going to Claw first. He will properly receive them, and then he can go and speak to your people. Maybe uh, we can see both. Maybe we can divide our forces. <laughs> they, they, they look at each other and kind of slowly nod. Swiper says, you, archivist, with me. Okay. Zangus glowers for a second and goes, grunge, was it? This way. Bye, Archie. Have <laughs> <laughs> <Not> fun. <laughs> Be a good grunge. Oh, I will, just as long as you're friendly, too. Okay. I miss you already. (laughs) So, Archie and grunge are brought in separate directs to separate sides of the field. And a little farther in, uh, Archie is brought into a uh, long, twisting burrow that has Seviper passing through it in several places until he comes to a larger... A uh, larger and older female survivor who introduces herself as the matriarch Malifet. 
Grunge, on the other hand, is brought uh, farther in into a more straightforward borough that has Zangoose throughout its entire field until uh, he is brought to a larger area which and introduced to a bigger, older, heavily scarred Zangoose who calls himself Chief Claw. Um, when both of them hear that you are archetypes, they immediately become eager to get you on their side for the upcoming conflict. And they begin to tell you a story. Oddly enough, though the two of you are separate, the story is much the same. Uh, the two Pokemon groups had found this area at around the same time, and as was normal for their species, they set to fighting each other at once. However, rather than skirmishing until one side or the other left, the two groups kept being drawn to the same place over and over again, for reasons they still don't understand. Seeing that they were evenly matched, the two sides begrudgingly came to a sort of compromise. Rather than simply kill each other until none were left, they would send their greatest warriors to fight in the center of the land they wanted, and the winner would take the whole land. So it went for many years. The battles, enacted once every full moon, never had a conclusive victor. For example, the Zangoose would strike down the Seviper, only to drop moments later from poison. Soon enough, children came to both sides. Children who grew up in closer proximity than any other wild Pokemon of their species in known histories. And they were taught to hate and fear their neighbors, of course, and most did so. Two, however, did not. Hamstring, the nephew of Claw, and Jolie, the daughter of Malifet, somehow grew close. It seems that only they knew the story of how they met and spent time together. Over the years, as their affection for each other grew and deepened, they began speaking quietly to the younger ones of their species, asking why they had to fight the other Pokemon. What had they done to them? Were they prey? No, no Seviper would eat a Zangoose, and no Zangoose would eat a Seviper. Their fight was pointless. It consumed their lives and gave each side nothing in return. It was time for it to end. Slowly, the two gained a following among their generation, and when they had convinced a majority, they gave their arguments to the heads of their peoples. Claw and Malifet refused their arguments, vehemently, and many of the older Pokémon sided with them. However, there were more of the younger generation than the older, and slowly more of the older Pokémon began to at least consider the two's offer. Claw and Malefit finally gave in and suggested an option to signify the end of the feud between their two peoples. Hamstring and Jolie would marry. The two agreed immediately. Interesting side fact. If a Zangoose and a Seviper marry, they can have children. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to look up egg groups, actually. <laughs> yep, they, they, they share an egg group, which means that the mother of the mother Pokemon would have children of the same type. Huh. After this, the two leaders tell different stories. According to Claw, Hamstring was preparing for his upcoming wedding when his would-be bride, Jolie, came to meet him. They retired alone to talk, but a short time later came the sounds of a terrible battle. By the time Claw arrived at the scene, it was too late. Hamstring was dead. His body riddled with the slashes of a Seviper's tail. Malefet tells a similar tale, but she says that Hamstring came to visit Jolie, and Malefet found Jolie dead, 
with the claw marks of a Zangoose inscribed in her scales. Both sides claimed that the other side struck first and then crept off to die, mortally wounded. Hmm. Both Claw and Malefet tell the archetypes that they do not need their help to decide what to do. War is obviously the only possibility. They will allow them to do their duty and examine the scene, but only somewhat begrudgingly, both tell the archetypes not to expect them to change their minds. And that they're allowing them to do it so that they can get the archetype on their side in the next fight. While they're finishing up their story, Katana arrives at the mounds. She looks at the two bodies and can and instantly knows that something is wrong. The bodies are definitely real bodies, but they feel as though they've been created somehow as well. Something has been created on them, perhaps. Uh, meanwhile, Grunge and Archie are sent back to the beer in the center of the field by Claw and Malefet, where they meet Katana. Okay. Hi, Katana! <laughs> Katana rolls her eyes, but also waves. <laughs> Grunge is like fighting this urge to like go and like tackle both of them and hug them, but kind of figures that Katana might not like that. <laughs> so just kind of goes with like a wagging of the tail. Katana, where have you been? Alone. <laughs> that sounds lonely. <laughs> I was exploring. I was exploring the forest uh, to gather some more knowledge, and I have, may have a little bit of insight on what is going on here. We cannot so- let them go to war. No, certainly not. Uh, to be a little more transparent, my uh, while I was out alone, I came across a Trevenant who is... Um, a bit of a, a powerful force in this forest. And he mentioned that if we did not stop this fight, he would remove both sides from the forest and presented me with this stick uh, to break in front of one of the leaders. Obviously, uh, this Trevenant has some wisdom in the forest. So we should take his... Uh, Stick. <laughs> Advice. I just like grunge. Grunge just heard stick. He's like stick. <laughs> just latching on to. Like, instead of having a war, we should just play with a stick. <laughs> play with stick, not war. Yeah. <laughs> well, grunge, grunge. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to break the stick. To send a message to... That both sides can have part of the stick? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like that idea better. That's a good idea, because then they can both play. (laughs) Do it. Do do it now. (laughs) Break the stick. (laughs) I may have a new favorite character. (laughs) right now (laughs) (laughs) it's the the utter like uh, despair in her voice like why why would you break it (laughs) 
right. Um, so Katana has recognized that there is an issue with these two bodies. I'd like to uh, learn a little bit more about this. Okay. What do you think? Would that be like an intuition or would that even potentially be a survival check? Um, They're the same for me. Perception so. would get you just like a little bit on like the bodies and different things like that. Um, survival is more about staying alive in the wilderness, so different wounds and things won't help you too much. Intuition might let you track down a little bit more about what you're thinking of the body. Uh, medicine education will give you a more clinical look at it and be able to actually like tell wounds and things like that. Archie okay. um, will do that. The and education. Ka- yeah, Katana will do the do a perception check then. Eleven on medicine ed. And an eight on perception. On perception. All right. With Katana's help, Archie is able to tell quite a bit about the bodies. Mm. You're able to tell that the slashes on the two Pokemon are off somehow. Hamstring's wounds are too thin and curved to be a Viper's tail, and the claw marks on Jolie are too uniform and evenly spaced to be from a Zangoose's claw. Uh, Hamstring's slash marks were probably made by a single claw, with poison poured into them later, and Jolie's claw marks were made by a single slashing instrument, controlled so as to seem like claw marks. Both Jolie and Hamstring were wounded after they had already died. Mm. Katana is able to point out some dried residue of something on Hamstring's lips. And Jolie, uh, Archie's able to tell, has a long slash on the center of her forehead, which is pre-mortem, probably the mortal wound. The wound is oddly wobbly, as though whatever made it shook as it struck. The two slashes to either side that make a claw mark are post-mortem. So, uh, this was staged in some way. <laughs> staged. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, I... let me think about this. I'm just trying to think about what Katana would do in this situation. Because I, think... I don't know if she necessarily put it all together right away. I think Archie would want to go back to the Survipers and relay this information that the attack was staged in some way and is not, in fact, a Zangoose death. Okay. Um, Before Archie uh, goes out, Grunge, who's been uh, waiting while they do this, realizes that he can smell the scent of several Survipers and Zangoose on the bodies of Jolie and Hamstring. There are four distinct scents on each body that smell almost as old as their wounds. She can smell Malafet and Claw on both Jolie and Hamstring about the same, at about the same uh, age as their wounds are. But there are two Saviper scents on Jolie and two Zangu scents on Hamstring that seems to suggest that there were two other witnesses from each clan that were nearby during the murders or the deaths of the two Pokemon. Who was it originally that we, that Archie and Grunge talked to when we uh, first came across? Was that two Zangus? Those are two guards, yeah. Though, though it was a Zangoose and a Survivor. Is there something that I can roll to, like, maybe trace at least one of the scents back? One um, of the guards. Perception? I got an 11 for that. Okay, you can sniff straight to either one of the guards you choose. I mean, I guess since Grunge is already talking to the Zangoose, I'll probably just go with that. 
So Grunge is heading towards the Zangoose Nest. Is Archie heading to the Survivors then? Yes. Okay, and what is Katana doing? <laughs> um, I think uh, Katana is going to follow Archie. She feels a little bit more powerful there with the Survivors. <laughs> I see. Grunge is just going to like watch them walk away and be like, oh, but, but get ek. Okay, fine, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're heading over. Okay, Grunge, you managed to uh, catch up to the Zangoose guard who was there, and you realize that he actually matches one of the older smells that was on uh, Hamstring as well. Sees you coming and stops to watch you sniff up to him. Grunge is just going to be kind of like sniffing the ground and then like eventually kind of without even realizing it, just kind of like sniffing up like alongside the guard and then like finally sim face to face and be like, okay, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> Luckily, Zangoose are also mammals with good senses of smell. So he goes, yeah, sure. What do you need? Perfect. Snow cells. So. Because... <laughs> like, no, I get it. I totally understand. <laughs> what? He, he just kind of nods. He's like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Where were you on the night that this catastrophe happened between Jolie and Hamstring, mister? You mean about six hours ago? Um... Yes, that <laughs> night. Six hours ago, that was possibly in the day. You get what I mean. <laughs> Where were you? I love I Detective was... Grunge. <laughs> I was one of the guardsmen in charge of guarding Hamstring's private chambers. Aha. So, what were what what did you notice while you were guarding things, sir? It was nothing major. I was uh, interrupted first by Jolie, who came in to talk to Hamstring. And then Claw came in shortly afterwards. As he was entering, there was the sound of a battle. And uh, he rushed in. I rushed in shortly after him and found that uh, Hamstring had been killed. And Jolie was nowhere to be found. Grunge? And where was Claw? Grunge. He's what? lying. You can smell it. He's hiding something from you. While this is going on, <laughs> while this is going on, Archie, you head towards Malafet only to find your way blocked by two Survivor guards mm. and tell you that Malafet has sequestered herself to prepare for the upcoming battle and is not seeing anyone until uh, the morning when they will listen to your decision and uh, decide on the on what to do. But uh, I have something very important to tell to Malafet. Uh, the deaths of Hamstring and Jolie are not as they seem. Give me an intuition check. Okay. Five. One of the guards reacts with genuine shock and anger. The other one is a little too slow. I'll focus on history. that one. And use what? my mind mount what do you mean? powers. <laughs> uh, and while Katana did follow Archie she's hanging back a little bit being a little bit strategic in case she needs to sneak around somewhere later <laughs> so both of them react like what 
What evidence do you have for that? What do you mean it's been staged? Was oh. Doing that, like it, it's not like they tried to hide what they did to Jolie. That would be the uh, exact Back problem. Brunch. In fact, that <laughs> uh, they staged it. Whoever did this to look as though the death of Jolie was caused by the Zangus clan. When, in fact, uh, I believe there is something far more sinister at play than a mere rivalry between two clans. Interesting. Uh, back to grunge. The uh, Zangoose has just finished his story and is looking at you with a neutral face. That's some interesting information, buddy. Grunge is going to try and turn on some charm and... I rolled a nine for that. Okay, what are you saying? Hey, friend. I believe your story. That that really stinks. What happened to Hamstring? I don't like it when people fight. It's not good. It makes people real sad. You seem sad yourself. Although kind of neutral, too. But, you know... <laughs> he's, he's kind of nodding. Uh, it's... It was it was the strangest thing. I mean, it's. I mean, we we went in there and claws there standing over the body, and Malifet was nowhere to be found. I mean, we're just gonna like sidle up next side of him, like put a paw on his shoulder, like, oh, but can you tell me one more time who who that was, friend, buddy? Because I just I just want us to be friends. Because then that would just make all of this so much easier. And I know you've been through so many rough things throughout all of this. Bro. Bro. We're we're in this together. It's totally okay. Let's do this. You and me. <laughs> Bro. Right. <laughs> Back to Archie. <laughs> like, what? Something far more... Who are you accusing? Archetype of fact. That's the one who is too slow. Ah. Uh-huh. I do not uh, have enough information at this moment to uh, make a firm accusation, because if I did, then I would have to check the clue packet and see that I might be wrong and get kicked out of the game, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes that. Right. Oh, <laughs> gonna make my way over to the library first <laughs> <laughs> so what is Archie actually doing no. <laughs> uh, the gist of that is what Archie actually says just cut him off before he starts talking about board games <laughs> um, uh, I need to get the support of the Viper clan uh, to examine the facts of the case a little bit more uh, so that we can be certain uh, before laying accusations at anyone's feet. What I'm trying to accomplish is uh, patience on the side of both clans uh, so that we can come to peaceful terms before unnecessary bloodshed goes any further. Period. <laughs> Patience. What are we waiting for? They killed 
they killed the uh, our basically our princess, the heir to our clan. Someone killed the heir to your clan, uh, but we do not know who that is. And I'm going to turn to the the guard that seems to react more genuinely, and I'm going to say, "You understand what I'm saying, don't you?" The other survivor explodes and says, "Hamstring or claw? Who matters? Who who did it? They did it. Who did it?" That Viper's looking rather shocked by what I, what she just said. Back to grunge. Zangus sits there for a moment and then sighs and goes, Look, I don't know why it matters, but you can't tell Claw that I told you this. He swore me to secrecy against this. It's okay. You can tell me. I'm here for you. Grunge just kind of like takes his paw and like pats it. Gives him puppy eyes. <laughs> do a charm <laughs> check. <laughs> he already I did. could do another one. <laughs> got a nine, so you could do it again if you like. I mean, the big puppy eyes and the paw. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I only got a seven this time. Oh, it's worse. <laughs> He's sizing this. Okay, okay. So got too close. I didn't actually see Jolie go into the uh, ever go to hamstring. I only saw the head of the heads of the clans, both. Uh, first, uh, Malefet came first, and was just coming to visit her soon-to-be son-in-law. That, like, it was still a bit strange. I mean, there was a viper in the middle of our burrow, but we'd gone through everything. We let I let her through, and then a few minutes after, Claw came rushing in. And rushed past me and then called me in a little later. And uh, Hamstring had been killed. Obviously by a Viper. I thought we were going to go after Malefet. But he told me that this was Jolie who had done this. And swore me that that was who I saw. He swore the other guard as well. The same thing. Back to Archie and Katana. So that Viper has just said, uh, hamstring or claw, who doesn't matter who killed her? And then looks rather shocked. Hmm. It seems, uh, you know something that you are not telling us. The Viper says nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna put on a scary monkey face. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna roll Intimidate. Oh, I thought that was going to be charm. <laughs> uh, seven on intimidate. Okay, and what tell us what you know? The viper's eyes flick between you and Katana for a bit before finding. Okay, fine. I, I was on guard over Jolie uh, this 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 last evening, and. It wasn't Hamstring who came to see her. It was Claw. And then a few minutes after that, uh, Malefet comes rushing in and uh, goes through in there. And then she calls us uh, into there and Jolie has been killed. Obviously, you can see it too, obviously by a Zangoose. I don't know what you're talking about. It was obviously a Zangoose. And she tells us that it was Hamstring who had done this. Why was it obviously a Zangoose? Look at the claw marks everywhere. It's obviously a Zangoose. Those were inflicted uh, post-mortem. What? Jolie was 
killed before those claw marks were inflicted uh, upon her. And a uh, closer look at those claw marks will show that they are not consistent with the claw marks of a Zangoose. The survivor simply just looks shocked. Back to grunge. The guard has told you his story. What are you going to do next? <laughs> I'm glad you told me, son. That's a lot of weight off your shoulders, isn't it? Off your mind. Makes you feel a little better. Do you, do you feel Do you feel good? A little bit? A little bit better? Provided Claw doesn't kill me. Well, yeah. I mean, that that'll have something to do with it. But, I mean, I told you. We're in this together. So, like... We don't have pinkies, so we can't do, like, the human pinky promise thing. I don't even know if I know what that is. It's weird. <laughs> but we can do, like, a, like a paw, high-five, tail, clasp, entwine. We're pros. <laughs> Just don't even worry about it. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm right. gonna say just just for the humor factor, uh, Grunge knows about different swears and promises simply due to his archetype. <laughs> so he knows what a pinky swear is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like doing all these like crazy hand and like all these spin, like tail things with the Zangoose, like trying to make sure that his new friend is like keeping up with him and everything. <laughs> the Zangoose is just very confused. <laughs> <laughs> Like, dude, now that we're friends, okay, we gotta figure something out. Because, like, if this keeps going on, more and more people are gonna get hurt, and that's not good. And, like, you guys were already so close to a treaty, and now it's gone for now. That's, that's not good. And there's something about sticks that are gonna be broken, and I don't think it's a good thing. So, <laughs> you and me, together... We can figure this out. Let's do this. Okay? Okay? Are you, are you with me? We gotta keep this secret, though. Uh, 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 okay. Oh, okay. Alright, great! <laughs> okay. Now. Two, two questions. One. Is there anyone else that we can go and talk to about this? But keep her, like, secret grow time we got to keep this under wraps. Or are you ready to go and maybe talk to some others to solve this problem? I mean, you could talk to the other guard, but I'm pretty sure he'd say the same things I did. Cool. <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. Back, back to Archie. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to turn back to Katana and say, uh, what did the Trevenant tell you to do with the stick? The Trevenant told me I must break it in front of... What's the name again? Uh, you know, you need to break it in front of um, whoever restarted the conflict. Mm, and then okay. Nam and then Namber will make it... Will, uh, make, okay. Will mediate it or deal with it okay thank you for clarifying because i was gonna break it in front of the survivor lady <laughs> um uh, we must find who started the conflict and i must break the stick in front of them mm -hmm. 
Uh, it seems to me that the conflict may have been begun by the uh, leaders of the two clans. Uh, Agreed. It may be best to orchestrate a way for them to meet where we can uh, break the stick in front of them both. Okay. So then I'll turn back to the Seviper guard and say, it is of utmost importance that we uh, see Malefet and have her come to hear my decision uh, at the funeral beer. Say, well, Malefet has uh, sequestered herself. She's not seeing anyone. Uh, they, they, she'll be coming out uh, near dawn. Start if you need to. I, it, they're they're she, looking kind of shaken, but they're kind of repeating this robotically. But she's sequestered where again? Uh, in her chambers, which, by the way, you're right in front of. They're they like these are the guards in front of her chambers, so she's supposed to be sequestered there. I won't tell if you don't tell. If you just maybe wandered away from your post for a minute. Are you rolling anything for that? Uh, sure. What can I roll? While Archie's figuring out what to roll, uh, Katana has uh, rolled an 11 in stealth to see if she can just sneak by them and go in. You do successfully manage to sneak past. I'll roll a charm. How's that? Okay. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Eight. They look at each other for a moment and then both uh, conveniently look away. Mm. I slip by into the tent. It's a chamber in a burrow. Oh, a chamber. I I was picturing a tent. I I actually, I I see, like, I had, like, a weird picture of, like, curtains, too, but not. (laughs) Maybe it's, Uh, like, like, leaves or something over the entrance to the burrow. That's what it is. I mean, we were just confusing that for the tent flaps. That's a totally understandable understandable. mistake. Yeah. You enter into the chamber rooms, both of you. They're empty. Grunge, what do you do? You just said there's no one else to talk to, and you said, cool. All right. Well, uh. Stick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's slightly unhelpful, new bro friend. As you're considering what to do next, you catch a. Smell isn't the correct word. It's an upwelling of, of emotion, a slow surge of fury and vengeance born from loyalty about to break into violent action. It's coming from off into the woods to the north of you. Hey, new bro friend. I feel sick to my stomach. We should go to the woods, like, right now. Like, seriously, we gotta go. Please. Okay. <laughs> the Zengus like, what? But he follows you as you run off. Sweet. Adventure time. <laughs> as you're heading out, you come, uh, as you get closer, you start to smell a little bit of blood. And you come upon a young Zangoose in the far section of the woods. He seems to be bleeding from both claw marks and slashes. 
from a single blade. Archie and Katana, can I get a perception? Yep. Ten. Seven. Okay, Archie, checking through the rooms again, you find behind a section of, like, what just looked like leaves and vines, you find a small opening that's probably barely large enough to fit a survivor. The tunnel seems to be heading upwards and outwards. Mm. I'm just going to go in. Just going to go. All right. Katana, you see Archie vanish behind some leaves. I I follow him. Okay. Uh, the tunnel, which is small enough for you guys to move crouched because it's large enough for a survivor, which are big snakes, um, it moves steadily upwards and outwards until finally opening up in a section of woods a decent distance away from the clearing so as that, that you can't see it from where you are. Hmm. Is there anything around that we see? Any Nothing s- much nearby, but uh, you can, with Archie, you can cut, you think you see a flash of orange and black moving nearby, hmm. followed by a flash of red and white. I'm trying to decide if Archie would try to follow quietly or would shout. I'm thinking follow. I'm going to roll a stealth to try to follow quickly. Grunge can, can roll perception to see if uh, he notices. Yeah. I got a 15. For Four. <laughs> so you quickly both smell and hear Archie following you. He was trying to uh, follow you from uh, upwind. <laughs> <laughs> Never works. Grunge <laughs> is just going to like hop up into the air and be like... Guys! <laughs> this time he actually is gonna like run over and like tackle them and hug them. <laughs> and then be like, Guys, look, I made a new friend! <laughs> the second gears like awkwardly waves. Is, but he's my friend. <laughs> the gears awkwardly waves. Just like, um. Katana rolls her eyes again. Uh. Archie waves oh. his tail <laughs> at the Zangoose yeah. while saying, uh, there, there's something afoot. We need to uh, get to the clearing. I think that's where we'll find uh, the leaders of both clans. Grunge, you did run into a uh, Z- young Zangoose who seems to be bleeding out like he's dying. Oh, that's not it. That, that's the, he seems to be the source of the smell that you or the emotion that you found too. I'm going to run to that. So okay. I'm like quick said hi to my friends and be like, okay, but I gotta keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we will follow. <laughs> I will follow. <laughs> so you Katana there, um, follows as well. Yes. Uh, you realize that. Um, when you get there, you guys realize that uh, the claw marks are there, and the slash marks do seem to be poisoned, and this seems this Zangoose is unlucky in that he is not one of those immune to poison. So he's most definitely poisoned. If you want to help him, you can do a survival to find a berry. That will heal, that, that will uh, get rid of the, that will work as an antidote. Uh, you can try medicine education to kind of stop the bleeding and keep him from dying. Katana's got some survival skills. She's at least untrained in it. You don't uh, want Grunge to help. I just got nine it. in survival. Mm. All right. 
Archie's going to use hunt- medicine med- medicine medicine ed. 12. And of Connecticut. Okay. Um, Archie is able to find enough uh, wound, uh, enough uh, grass and leaves nearby to bind up the wounds, enough to keep them from bleeding more, and Katana is lucky enough to find a Pecha berry tree, which can cure the poison. Grunge is there for moral support. <laughs> Katana does grab... Uh, how many bears did you let her carry? Uh, just the one for now, if you want to okay. grab it and go. Yes, uh, Katana's going to grab the one berry and bring it back to the Zangoose. No, you can have a second one. Well, I, she, she'll do that then. Okay. <laughs> you can have a second one for there. And then, um, so the Zangoose is kind of looking around wildly, and then his eyes focus on the Zangoose friend that you brought along. <laughs> and he suddenly gasps and goes, You need to listen, I was out gathering for the war. Not important. I I came upon uh, both of them. Claw and Malefit. They they were talking, arguing about something. Uh, then they saw me and they both they, they attacked. I did. They, they thought I was dead. They left. I. Which way did they go? Back, back, back to the clearing. Back to their, their other areas, I think. I I don't know, they were arguing about something. A claw said that it didn't work, and Malefit left. I don't know what was going on. If this little guy is stabilized and doing okay, mm-hmm. Archie is going to start running toward the clearing and say, Katana, I think now is the time to go find them and break the stick. <laughs> yes, let's go. What a break sticks to. Zangoose <laughs> friend, you stay back. It's like, oh, okay. Stay, stay, help, stay helping the other Zangoose friend. So as you guys are running back, you uh, hear the sounds of a large crowd. And breaking into the clearing, you see that the two tribes are massed on either side of the clearing. Claw and Malefet are in the front, and they look like they're just about to get ready to fight each other. Um, Archie will run right up into the middle. There's like a hill there, right? Right in the mm-hmm. middle between them. Yeah. Um, uh, at the moment, the only reason that they don't seem to be fighting is that uh, Jolie and Hamstring still seem to be on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are on the hill in the middle that uh, there were groups or groups of guards from each side heading towards the bodies. It seemed like to move them. Gotcha. Um, Archie will run up to the hill. Uh, and say, wait, don't you um, want to know the decision that the archetypes have made? What does it matter? Claw yells out. I think you'll uh, find that it matters a great deal. Do you want to wager on it not mattering? Uh, Malefet looks like she's about to say something, but uh, the there's a murmur from both crowds, and they seem kind of interested, so they subside. Um... I'll wave Katana up in grunge and say, we would like the leaders of both clans to come forward and we will speak our decision. Reluctantly, uh, Malefet and Claw take a few steps forward out of the crowd. All right, Katana. 
Oh, I, okay. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I thought you were going to, like, reveal the thing, and at the end I was going to, like, snap it. Or she oh. was going to snap. Okay. Yeah, no. That, yeah, that, you're, that, just, you're, you're not going to, like, state your reasoning at all. You're just going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. break. Just, just break the stick and let the Trevenant deal with the rest. Okay. <laughs> It's like a tear rolls down Grudge's cheek. <laughs> no, okay. Good to know that the archetype of fact cares so much about explaining himself. <laughs> um, okay, no. Um, we investigated the uh, goings-on, your conflict, and the deaths, unfortunate deaths, of Prince Hamstring and Princess Jolie and <laughs> these swift cross lovers you might say <laughs> these swift cross <laughs> lovers uh... i've been waiting the whole episode <laughs> <laughs> one of them seems oddly misnamed no i'm kidding <laughs> he's part of something different uh, and in uncovering the story of what occurred here it seems there was never a tale of more woe. <laughs> I'm not going to rhyme that <laughs> with anything. No, it doesn't really work. No. Uh, but there is more than meets the eye in this. And the love of these two that sought to end the conflict is what should have been the focus in the first place. And so the decision of the archetypes comes not from our personal preference as to which side should win, but rather our decision is on the side of peace and on the side of the forest. And with that, I direct your attention to Katana. <laughs> so you're uh, still not explaining what happened. <laughs> well, Katana knows more about the stick. I'm going to let Katana tell about the stick. <laughs> if she wants to. Just get it over with. All right. <clears throat> I met a Trevenant in the forest who seems to be uh, quite powerful, a quite uh, a uh, superior being in this forest, and he told me that this fight has to end now or he will move, remove both sides from this forest. And yeah, there's a little bit of an uproar as you say that, kind of shouting in, in fear and confusion, and it dies down after a bit. He also told me to take this stick and break it in front of those who have who have uh, restarted this this war, this fight between your two two clans. And so it was for you two leaders that I take this stick. And then at that point, Katana takes it and she uh, tosses it up in the air and slices it in half. As you're going to move, the um, there's a loud uproar again. They're like, what evidence do you have? Against us for here, uh, you break the stick, and there's a loud rumbling throughout the forest, and then everything goes silent again. The wounds that were sustained by Hamstring and Jolie were not 
as they seemed. But rather they were killed not out of vengeance or in an attempt from the clans at large to reject them, but in a an effort purely to restart the conflict. It was staged. Jolie and Hamstring were betrayed by their in-laws-to-be, and the leaders of the clans seeking to re-spark the fight for their own purposes committed this great atrocity. A little further, and Malefit's like, what? You're saying I delivered all these slashes upon Hamstring there? Look at me, I'm unwounded. Hamstring was a great warrior, even though even, even if he was young, I would not have gone against him unscathed. And I'm going like to walk over to Hamstring, um, very detective-esque. <laughs> okay. You'll notice, uh, demonstrating, uh, that on his lips, there is the remnant of some fluid that entered through his mouth. I believe that Hamstring was not killed by a fight, which would result in signs of struggle. Instead, he was killed by poison. Something secret. Something unforeseen. Likewise, Jolie was killed not by the slashes. What? I suppose you I suppose you're saying that I poisoned her as well? A survivor? Of course not. As he says that you catch something from him. Oh. You he gives a quick like, it, it's only there for a second, but he gives a look of pure hatred towards Malefet as he says poisoned. You realize that the uh, wobbling slash from Jolie suggests that she was hit on the head by something that cut her. Mm-hmm. Not that she was slashed with a claw. Okay. You also remember that in the story that the young uh, Zangoose told you, he said that Claw had accused Malefet of something saying it didn't work. And then Malefet laughed at him. Hmm. Yes. Uh, no, of course. Uh, Jolie would not have succumbed to poison, but her attacker may have not known that. And it is suggested by the this wound that you see on her head here that she did not encounter a full fight, but rather came through the attempted poison just fine and needed to be dealt with more swiftly by an attack to the head. Crowd has been murmuring and is uh, giving, looking a little ugly towards Malefet and Claw, uh, looking at each other, and Claw goes, Wait! I was at Hamstring side mere minutes after he was killed. Mere minutes after he was killed, which was around the same time as you say Jolie was killed. How could that have happened if I was killing Jolie? Malfoy's like, the same here. I was at Jolie at the same time. How could I possibly have left there and vanished without a trace? There are secret passageways from your respective chambers. I passed through one myself to get here. Just as you finish, the ground shakes. And one of the trees shifts and steps into the clearing. Followed by another. Mm. 
and another. Number has come. Are, are we at Isengard? Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. They're looking at each other. The crowd is in a huge uproar, kind of diving out of the way of the Trevenant who are there. Uh, Malefet and Claw look around and turn towards you with hatred in their eyes. Archie, you have initiative. Oh, dear. There are Trevenant nearby, but it's going to take them a little... It's going to take them a few rounds to get to you. All right. Archie is going to focus on the Seviper Malefet and use Sand Attack on her. That's a five. Uh, Malefet gives a hiss as she's blinded mm-hmm. by... And blinks and tries to glare down at Archie, who finds himself caught like a mouse before a deadly serpent. Archie is paralyzed. Malefet used glare. Not so fast now, are you, Archie? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Claw goes down and sharpens his claws next to each other, making a scratching sound. Tear you three apart, archetype or no archetype. So Claw uses Hone Claws. He raises his attack by plus one and his accuracy by one. Meh, he's just a normal type. (laughs) (laughs) That means it is Katana's turn. Katana is going to use Autotomize. Uh, Her speed increases by uh, two. Grunge, you're up. Oh boy, I was going to do that. Um, um, Raj is going to use, um, Veer. Okay. I want to use Bite on the Viper that's holding down Archie. I got it too. Okay, uh, Malefet is able to swiftly dodge to one side as your fight sails fast. Katana is up. Uh, Katana noticing that um, Archie is in a bad way with uh, Malefet uh, glaring down on him. Uh, she uses Fury Cutter on Malefet. Okay. For accuracy, she rolled a two. Malefet once again dodges, dodges to one side, laughing as she does so. Well, two. almost contemptuously she slaps a uh she she slaps her tail out at katana which smacks against her and katana feels nothing because she used poison tail claw moving at the same time charges forward and slashes down on katana Let's move forward and does 49 physical normal damage. What? It is Archie's turn. All right. First things first, roll a d20. Yes. 14. You're good. Archie is going to go and scratch Malefet. Um, actually, okay. can I get both of them in a scratch? Yes, since they both moved just past... Uh, uh, Katana, you can catch them both. That's what I'm gonna do then. Okay. 
15 roll twice? Yes. And 13. Alright, that hits them both. Roll damage. Um, 20... No, 31 damage. One to each. Okay. Uh, Claw takes 21 damage. Does not gain an injury. Malefet takes 26 damage, but does not gain an injury. Um, so Archie shakes off the paralysis and lunges forward and dodges to one side past Malefet and scratches her along the back and then leaps over her and as he's leaping scratches um, Claw uh, over the head and tumbles past and does a pose on the other side. Claw kind of grunts in response to the slash, but us Malefet hisses in pain and just glares down at, at Archie. Mm. I'll enjoy oh. eating you morsel. There should be uh, five more damage added onto those. More? Because uh, of All last right. chance. Oh, yeah. Well, um, that means that Malefet actually gained an injury. Yes. Just barely, though. You gotta and catch me first. <laughs> just Grunge's turn. Oh, now I really am gonna use Leer this time. Okay. And I rolled a 14 for that. Who are you leering at? I am leering at um, Malefet. Okay. Malefet shudders at your glare and turns her attention to Grunge. Katana, you're up. Alright, uh, having totally whiffed before, uh, Katana turns around and, uh, she attempts another fury cut, uh, fury, fury cutter attack on Malefet. Okay. And, uh, she whiffs again. Oh, no. Okay. Ignoring Archie for the moment, Malefet turns back towards Grunge and, uh, Rears up with her uh, fangs outstretched, and then sticks out a long prancel tongue and just slashes, uh, lashes it across Grunge, Ow. and she does twenty-two ghost physical damage, and Grunge is paralyzed. Meanwhile, Claw. Good thing I have this extra Petra Berry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's for poison, but <laughs> I know that that's oh. where the sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, Claw flips back and just uh, decides to turn and slam into Katana and does 45 physical normal damage. It is Archie's turn. Alright. Uh, rolling for paralysis. 15. Good. And... Uh, why ruin a good thing? Archie's just gonna go back the other way and do another scratch. Um, can he hit both, or are they Yes, separate? they have not moved. Alright. Gonna do that, then. We've got a 19. Ooh, so close. And a 13. That was both hits. 27 damage. No, nope, nope, nope. 32 damage. So... Uh, Claw takes 22 damage and gains an injury. And Malefit takes 27 damage, but does not gain another injury and does not go down. 
She's close. Uh, so Archie does a similar thing, uh, ducking and weaving as he's launching past. Uh, he this time goes under Claw, kind of sliding underneath him uh, and scratching him on the way, and then leaps up into the air and grabs onto uh, Malafet's neck and kind of swings around, scratching as he goes by, and then spins off and lands on the other side. All right. That means it is Grunge's turn. Can I roll a 20 for paralysis? You are more than fine. Oh, I asked if that was what I rolled. Oh, yeah, you roll a I d20. I rolled a 17. Yes, <laughs> yes you're good. Then. Cool. All right. Um, and I am going to do bite on Malathite. You said was the one looking worse for Yes. So I got 27 then. Did you roll accuracy? No, I didn't. <laughs> I rolled a 7 for that. Okay. Malefet took 22 damage, gains another injury, and faints. Um, so, Grunge is feeling kind of angry after being hurt and watching his friends get hurt, so he runs over, just bites her tail, and just like all with that too. And then once he sees that she's down for the count, then he backs away all happy that he finally was able to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the snake and shook it like a terror ear until it stops moving. Oh boy. <laughs> then Claw turns and looks over at Archie. And he's like, I've had enough of you. And then he duplicates Archie's movement, almost move for move. Oh. But he slashes across and hits all three of you. Archie, he does 55 normal physical damage. Ouch. Katana, he does 51 normal physical damage. And Grunge, he does 53 normal physical damage. That's an injury. That's actually two if you, did, if you took more than half of your health. Yeah, that's true. So he comes across and he basically lifts you up and slams you into the ground with his claws and keeps going. Crashes everyone aside. I am fainted right now, actually. Oh dear. Okay, so that's that's three injuries. Katana, you're up. Well, um, all my attacks do the same damage, so it can say different words, but it'll do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, still with the chance of needing to do another attack, uh, Katana, now noticing what has happened, uh, uh, noticing that, uh, okay, Mal Malafet is down, and her, uh, comrade, uh, Grunge is, t is now been fainted, uh, she's gonna try to return some damage onto Claw with Fury Cutter. This time she rolled a four, it's twice as good as before. Still running off of his attack, uh, Claw is able to dodge to one side. Or Katana. Oh no. <laughs> um, uh, Archie, you're up. At least you got to do damage to a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Net 20 for paralysis. You are good. I wish that would have been for the hit. 
<laughs> um, yeah, stop wasting your d20s. No. <laughs> um, I could make a, I, I could make it interesting for you that uh, before you roll this, you can choose to switch them. But if you roll a five or less, then you don't do anything this turn. Ooh. <sighs> Ooh. Before I roll this, I have to decide. Before you roll, you have to decide. Either you take this oh. roll and use it as your attack roll, or you can use the 20 as your attack roll and roll this as your paralysis. Oh, see, it's risky. Like, he's got one injury. I know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know... Mm. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that the attack. I mean, that one's gonna be the attack. So I'm okay. gonna roll. Uh, I'm choosing a different d20. Uh, knock on wood. Um, to see if this will work. Right. Ten. You're good. Yes. So what are you attacking with? Yes, uh, scratch. Of course, it's scratch. Okay. <laughs> um. So. So remember, roll 46 and then add 33. Um, that's 50. Uh, 55. 55 total damage. 55. No. Ooh, hold on. That's gonna be 60, actually. 60. 60. Okay. Um, he takes three injuries <laughs> and faints. Yes. Ooh. Uh, so after Archie gets thrown into the ground and then sees grunge go down uh, immediately afterward he bursts out with like crazy monkey hissing <laughs> launches forward and not so much scratches as just punches claw in the jaw with his tail <laughs> sending him flying into the air and then landing down with a crash all right. As Claw crashes to the ground, you realize that everything else has gone very quiet as well. And looking around, you are surrounded by a ring of Trevenants. One of them steps forward and uh, bows down near Grunge. Grunge, you feel warm all of a sudden and then awaken. I'm alive! <laughs> <laughs> what I meant. There- Another one walks up to Katana and bends down and says, Archetype, are these the ones who restarted the, the conflict? Yes. Our thanks, Archetype. He stands up. Uh, two other Trevenant come forward. Each of them pick up. One of them picks up Malphite, the other Claw. And then the Trevenant start walking back into the woods. Uh, soon they disappear into the woods and... The two sides, Zangus and Sviper, are, sat, are sitting there staring uneasily at each other. Um, Archie, a little bit out of breath after the fight, is going to say, I hope now you will be able to learn from the example of Hamstring and Jolie and... Learn to live in peace with one another, as that was their fondest wish. Don't let enmity unnecessarily drive you apart any longer. Grunge is going to pick up both halves of the stick and be like, Let this be a symbol to be friends 
like Archie <laughs> says, in rows one to each side. They they kind of look at the sticks a little strangely, like, well, our, our our leaders and heirs are dead. Who are we supposed to have in charge of us now? Me, I am your king. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a king too. <laughs> Um, uh, some shall be pardoned, some punished. <laughs> I was say, once every four years, you need to hold an election. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where everybody gets to vote. <laughs> the, the tree people, Trevin and Trevity, your leaders. Oh, here you go. Turn, turn your, your fighting in physical warfare into just a political fight. And then you can have a couple of parties running for a president among you. And make, make sure there's a third party, but that, that third party is never going to actually like usurp either of you. That It's okay. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so there is no advice coming from these archetypes. This is what I'm getting. <laughs> Uh, you have an opportunity here to start fresh, and I suggest you choose your leaders from among those you trust within your clans and lead one another in peace. Uh, the sky starts to lighten in uh, the east. You can tell that it's starting to get towards morning. Uh we should uh, get back before our trainers wonder where we are. Cool. <laughs> the other way. types have spoken. <laughs> Bye, friends. <laughs> Archetypes out. Uh, as you're leaving Grunge, you hear someone yelling Marrow for some reason. You realize it's the friend that you made? Oh. Oh. See you later, man. <laughs> We'll hang out again sometime, unless you want to come with us. It's up to you, man, bro. Do you make want... those handshakes. <laughs> handshakes? Do you want a Zangus? Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> I'll take one. <laughs> oh, as you know, Charlie will take one. <laughs> I will say Marrow can come along, yes. Yeah. And Professor Sneeze... Charlie and Liliana all wake up wondering why their archetype Pokemon have injuries. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Since question. Each of you gained mine... at least one injury. Wait, didn't mine get healed by the... Uh, no, he, he, he woke you up, but he didn't remove your injuries. Dang it, so I still have three injuries? Uh, let's say you got rid of one, so you have two. Um. Wow, rough night's sleep? <laughs> I touched you a lot. What happened? And and where did the Zangus come from? <laughs> Not important. Crunch, you can't just go and make new friends without me knowing. Crunch is just super happy and just like, <laughs> like just just like popping over to him, like, look, friend, look. <laughs> and You're I fine, think that you can keep it. <laughs> and I think that is all the time that we have now so thank you for joining us this week or at this special episode for uh the tapestry radio shakespeare festival 
uh, if you can guess all of the different uh, Shakespeare plays that I drew inspiration from, good for you. It probably wasn't terribly hard. Um, but uh, thank you for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapestryradio.org slash Pokemon dash rollout on Twitter at Poke Roll Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Poke Rollout. Also, follow our network on Twitter at Tapestry Radio and check out some of our other great shows at tapestryradio.org like Intermission and Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch. A special thank you to Rocco W for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles. Once again, I'm Nick, and one day I will post on my Twitter at Poke Roll Nick. I promise. <laughs> one day. I'm Paul, and uh, on the social medias, you can find me in the tap room, which has been really quiet as of late. Uh, but also, I tweet uh, relatively rarely at Prof Snag. And I do want to take just a quick moment to give a shout out to all of our fans who I got to meet at PuckleCon this last weekend. Uh, I won't use your real name- names, but I got to meet uh, Beaverla, and I got to meet Seth Vilo and Bosephus, and uh, just so, and I know I'm missing people and I apologize, but it's so great to be able to put uh, faces uh, to uh, to names and uh, just to see that you're, you're loving the show. Thanks, guys. Oh, and Sublime. Sublime. That's one of the other main people I forgot. Um, just <laughs> really, really glad to see all of you and uh, keep keep listening. Thank you. Uh, I'm Michael once again. You can follow me on Twitter at M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L and also in the tap room. Uh, uh, Yeah, like Paul said, we like seeing faces put to the the fans and everything, so chat us up even on social media. Yeah, and I'm Lydia, and yeah, come come talk with us in the tap room. Don't forget that I finally have a Twitter at lil.shadow8. Underscore, right? There. Not dot. Uh, what? Not dot. Underscore. Oh yeah, underscore. I don't even remember <laughs> what my Twitter is. I'm technologyistic advanced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, come talk with me <laughs> or other people on Twitter. If you, know, you can <laughs> If you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollout, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch ya later. Dice. 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 I have D6. You only get one. I get the rest. I need like half a dozen D6s for these rolls. Here. See, I have D6s for days. Wow. Show them how pretty they are. Because they're like green and gold. And then they've got, I don't know, all sorts of flexes, different colors. Oh, but Paul doesn't like them because they have a little bit of blue. Oh, no. I mean, I was going to add that. Aesthetic is very important. Horrible. They are really pretty though. I mean, green and gold. It is very pretty color it's like combination. It's hunter green and I... not packer gold. <laughs> right. Obviously not. And at this point, Katana appears from the shadows and uh, says, 
Yes, Tana and I am an archetype as well. Tana is still en route. Okay, no, I'm, she doesn't do that then. Sorry. <laughs> she slings back into the shadows. She's still, kind of, she's, she's still traveling with us. She's like, <gasps> <laughs> she, she had a sudden urge to say, I'm the archetype in the middle she of She doesn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the eyebrow, I'm sad. Uh, <laughs> you find... How could you miss that? Because I, I was looking, I, I'm, I'm reading through something, so. But... <laughs> it's like looking all the other screens to see if anyone was noticing. I'm like, I can't laugh right now. <laughs> I was wondering, because like, it goes off of noise, which one I can see, so I saw you like trying not to laugh, and I was like, did I do something? But no, okay. <laughs> ah, I see. Yep. There it is. You're like talking about all the serious like blood things going on, and Michael's just. Woo, woo, woo. I, said, I said you, you smell a little bit of blood, and you like started laughing. I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, blood. It always gets me. Breathe the veins. Uh, Breathe the veins. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm gonna be right back. I need to take care of the dog. I'm okay. Right. By take care of the dog, does it mean like take care of the growlith? Or I was about to say, like, let, I was gonna say, let him know when he comes back that uh, growlith are orange and black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go take care of the dog. Oh dear. Archie, I thought we were friends. <laughs> you just hear a yelp in the background. <laughs> oh, please, no. Can't wait to listen back to this later. <laughs> <laughs> like, fine, I made a new friend anyways. <laughs> Traitor, that's the smell that I'm smelling. Oh dear. Mm, then reworking that. Rewinding. Okay. Um Yes. Oh. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Okay. My dog was sneezing.
Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener, obviated objects of oblivion obambulating about, offered unto you in the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org, from our fancy to yours. Thank you.